this is William Del Pilar. And I'm Big John. Oh, he's the conservative Latino, but I am Big John. Girthy Big John, girthy. Okay, girthy, but I'm- I'm You know, know people, John's done some film work. I have. haven't uncovered what he did in the 70s. I have. (laughs) How you doing, John? I'm fine. How are you, William? Yeah, pretty good. I understand it was date night. You have a good time? Had a good time. Uh, finally got some time to ourselves, take the missus out for a nice dinner. So, uh, uh, yeah, had a good time. Good date night. And uh, you're you're a bachelor these days. Right now I am. The yeah. better half is dealing uh, uh, with some family matters back home. And, uh, you know, the single life of being a bachelor is uh, pretty crappy when my 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 best gig is looking at the kitchen and going damn i did a good job cleaning that up and so tomorrow is an even bigger day it's laundry day <laughs> that's what you get for kicking your spouse out of the state for a while oh, oh gosh i miss already my my poor dogs you know i'm a dog guy i had three dogs oh, yeah. and yeah. a uh, a little uh foo-foo dog and i'll tell you this john and i'm sure you're the same way you don't have a dog so you probably look at people who own fufu dogs like I used to like what the hell do you see in that little and oh, then yeah. when you're, I, I, you're like well, it's like you just want to smash it like a bug until you I did one. I have I, yeah. I have smashed those annoying pets like I've drop kicked <laughs> them across rooms I I'm not a pet person I'm not pet friendly at all when, when I first started dating my wife I used to make fun of our first one I said oh put that dog across the room but here's the thing about a fufu dog when they talk about dogs, man, man's best friend being dogs, you see the lab and things like that. But the foo-foo dog, I mean, it blows any other dog out the water because that dog is literally part of your hip with nothing but love for mama or papa. And uh, for and, and, and people don't understand it. I don't expect you to. But until that actually happens, when you see this little creature who's, like you said, we joke around punning it, kicking it, doing whatever, because it is that defenseless. You right. do nothing but fall in love. You know, and uh, my little foo-foo dog's not eating now that the better half went. I think she's had one meal in three days. So I'm going to go to the vet tomorrow get some new dog food and hopefully uh see what happens but uh that's the life of a bachelor people and i probably just taken up a minute and a half of your life you sounds, sounds, it, it sounds painful you couldn't <laughs> pay me enough to be a dog owner or a pet owner or anything owner well let you, me make my life sound even better what's that we are technologically connected are we not so yes. what happens when you're a bachelor your highlights your dog and cleaning the house and then the internet goes out. <laughs> oh, uh, you know, it's uh, I don't know what our download is, but I don't like using that for the hotspot except for short occasions because right, right, right. it never fails. Eventually, we get this email message. You know, it's like you still you're still connected, but you're at a crawl. So, uh, so, so I went back to old school. 1940s and 50s with old time radio on the phone and listen to a classic radio story. And you know what I've always appreciated about that, John, which is lost in today's society. And uh, fans of Zork know what I'm talking about. It's the mind, the creative theater of the mind. Hey, yeah, exactly. In fact, there was one of my favorite shows was called Imagination Theater. But we're badly now. We're about four minutes in. It's and good stuff. It's good is, stuff. People don't <laughs> mind hearing this. It shows them our personality. So that's okay. Uh, it shows that I have no life. No, I'm kidding, people. I have. I, I love that too. No regrets at all, except for, okay. <laughs> all right, Big John, we've yes. got a simple story today, but the reason I chose this story, because it is a little light in basics and what happened, 
but it shows a couple of underlying themes. We'll get sure. the libertarian take on uh, free speech in in federal government or public or, or private, and uh, the current political battle uh, of what institutions are teaching, what they're forcing on uh, people, not just the institutions, but what society is trying to force us to say. Uh, political speech, I guess, is what you can say, and that is the Meriwether versus Shawnee State. It sounds like a freaking old uh, trailblazer, right. trailblazing America battle. Yeah. Then yeah. we got what's been on everybody's mind the last what month, and what is that? Oh, uh, Elon Musk buying. Twitter. Oh, it's got to be Elon Musk. Yeah. And we're not going to talk about it here, John. But one thing I do want to delve into eventually is because it talks about what we were talking about off screen. Musk is not a friend to either liberals or conservatives. I mean, he's been on both sides of the aisle. He's more libertarian in my eyes. And so I actually heard somebody call him a libertarian the other day. Say, no, Musk is libertarian. People get over yourselves. You know, talk, talking to conservatives. The problem with conservatives is. It's it's like who's the the, the congresswoman the, the the she's not a congresswoman anymore uh, uh, Gabby uh, Gabby too Tulsi uh, Gabbard Tulsi Gabbard you know it's like conservatives are like in love with her I'm like y'all know she's still a Bernie Sanders leftist you just agree on her on a couple of topics and because yeah, she exactly. didn't get on board they're exactly. canceling her so now you love her I'm like you can support your enemy because we're not fighting over an enemy or or, or an ally we're fighting for uh, 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 our belief system yeah you know? right. but that's how conservatives are then we get to something I like to call but I will not call it what I want to call it but just the there's certain things you just don't say segment. And okay. that is Dan Campbell, dumbass or not. And Big John will be an arbiter here because based on my life experiences, he's a dumbass. Fair enough. <laughs> all right, John. First of all, yeah. is uh, Nicholas Merriweather versus Shawnee State University. Does, uh, I'll set the stage here. Sure. Merriweather is a professor at Shawnee State, 25 years teaching philosophy, religion, ethics, and the history of Christian thought. Right. Now, before people freak out and just see religion, I've taken a couple of these classes in college, as I'm sure you have, John, and it's done from a very analytical sense. You know, but, even if, but even if it weren't, it's it's an elective course anyway. So Right, I mean, right, right. So the point is... Yeah. It's it's not Jimmy Swagger. Yeah, right. Okay. I heal you. Yeah, it's not that. Okay, so the it's case, not Liberty College. Yeah, yeah. I need yeah, Liberty, Liberty College isn't like that unless they have their big gatherings. Come on out, people. We, we've taken your parents' money. Now we want yours. You right. know, I shouldn't say that. Where's the lightning at? Yeah, I, I, I went to a Jesuit university. Oh, that's right. John has more experience than yeah. I do. Uh, I, I I stopped going to catechism, so I never even completed it. Yeah. So technically, I guess I'm not a full-fledged Catholic. Mm. Yeah. Shawnee State, with 3,000 students, instructed instructors to refer to students using the gen their gender identified pronouns. Meriwether sued the school in 2018 after being disciplined for refusing to use students' pronouns. Now, that's the actual basics of the case, which again is ironic because we had this discussion offline in terms of this is the basics. It's, it's how did we get there? Uh, Meriwether was asked to address a biological male in court listed as Jane Doe. <laughs> right. I don't think of that, which is hilarious. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. With, uh, so Meriwether was asked to address a biological male with female pronouns in class. The student identified as Jane Doe, described as female, but the sex at birth is male. Per the lawsuit, Meriwether told Doe, 
doing so would violate his conscience and sincerely held religious beliefs, specifically that his belief that God created humans as either male or female. Yeah, what he's saying is, hey, my belief says a man and a woman. Uh, so this would force him to communicate views regarding gender identity that he does not hold and that he does not wish to communicate. That's the gist of his side, but there's a caveat we'll get to in a few moments. The university determined he effectively created a hostile environment. So he wouldn't call this male who'd been called by his name for the, uh, uh, let's say he's 18, just for the last 16 years of his life. You know, maybe the last couple of years he's decided to change it. So, uh, the, uh, so he effectively created a hostile environment for students and placed a written warning in his personal file, threatening corrective action. Now, I think what helped Professor Merriweather was this caveat. I called it the no compromise as I was reading it up. Merriweather, who addressed students, and I've had, a, I'm sure you've had professors, I've had yes. professors also, they address you by Mr. or Miss, you know. I, always, I found that odd the first time, but then notice a lot of professors do that. I think it's their way of respecting you. Yes. Uh, he did offer a compromise of addressing Doe by only her last name without the gender-based title he used for the other students. So he was willing to compromise. And I guess that's one thing that attracted me to this case today, John, is the fact that Compromise seems to be a taboo word. It's like nobody wants to right. even look at. We've become right. so tribal. Doe declined the offer. The professor claims that the student threatened him and compared his refusal to use female pronouns to call, to someone calling the professor a C asterisk asterisk asterisk. I don't know if that's a CU or CO word. Yeah, <laughs> and and you know what's strange to me is that you feel compelled not to even say the words in the context of repeating them. So you know, I'm uh, trying something new, John. It's I'm trying to lay the case out as it goes out. No, yeah. I, I understand, I understand, yeah. yeah. But at the end of the day, uh, 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 actually, that is kind of how I want to lay it out. Just because with in the fabric of society, to me, this is an important case. Oh, this is about the kids. Yeah. And this is about the inmates running the asylum. You have to have order in a civilized world. If not, we can turn back to barbarism and the, to the other side. They really don't want that with people who actually know how to shoot versus look at Hollywood and go, that's how I shoot a gun. You know? I'm being a bit facetious, but you get my point. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. As it goes that way, that way, it hits everything. But, you know, actually, I'm digressing, but 20 years ago or something, I read a statistic. It's in, it, 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 uh, 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 you know, the book, it was written by that super statistician and it, it was like a bestseller for years and years. Uh, uh, but anyway, he said that the one stat was that most deaths in the ghetto uh, to the innocents are because these guys can't hit the side of a barn. Right, yeah. I think that might've been Freakonomics, but- uh, Yeah, that's it, Freakonomics. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's been, a, well, you know, what's interesting about this case in particular is that what was that? Uh, uh, fill us in on the rulings. Where were the rulings here? Yeah, so so this case basically got overturned, you know, and it got remanded back to the lower courts, and it got for the professor, you know. But what's interesting to me, there's so many moving parts to this, but so the, so this is reminiscent uh, of what happened to Jordan Peterson, uh, the you know the the famed lecturer and um, hero a of the right. God right now. Yeah, hero of the right. Uh, even though he doesn't describe himself as such, but right, right. what's interesting to me is, and I love Jordan Peterson. Honestly, I, I'll I'll disclose that I think he's a great thinker. Um, I think he gets misrepresented a lot, but um, what I like about him is he's a very thoughtful man. And when you ask him a question, sometimes he goes silent for a minute or two. 
He's thinking. And it becomes very uncomfortable until you realize he's doing what a real scientist does, which is if he doesn't have the answer right away, he'll stop and think about it. He won't just throw words out there. Let me think about this. And when he tells you something like, I've thought about that question for about six months now. And he's not, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. not, he's not BSing you. He has thought about it for six months, right? People like that, you should always take seriously, even if you disagree with them, because they have very well thought out positions. Even again, even if you don't like the conclusion. Well, John, would you say that he, uh, individuals like him at positions so well thought out, the reason we should listen to him is because he's putting up blocks to what we believe in and we, and by not listening, you're just refusing not to see the truth. Whereas if you do listen, you can, well, yeah. Well, you should listen for the very simple purpose that that's the essence of free speech and free debate, right? Because that's it. (laughs) <laughs> His positions are very well thought out. Now, they could be false in the sense that maybe he started out with false assumptions, false right? That, that's always a possibility. But his that's logic, the in him. Yeah, well, it could be the leftist <laughs> in him, it could be the Rube in him, whatever, you know. But the point is, it's like he could start out with false assumptions, right? But the fact that he's very well thought out should at least challenge your own beliefs, even if they're opposite. So in Canada, there was some sort of law passed that forced people to use preferred pronouns, gender preferred pronouns, right? That's right, that's right. So, so it was a case where the Canadian government was forcing professors to say, oh, what's your preferred pronoun? And some dude says, yeah, call me she, you know, like the professors were forced to do that. So what Jordan Peterson refused, to, he refused, that's what made him famous, actually. He refused to do it. That's right. That's and right. he said never in English common law, because they, it, remember now, here's another key distinction that Americans often forget. I heard a lot of these right wingers who, who seem to think Canada and the U.S. are the same. There's yeah. no there's no First Amendment in Canada. They right, don't have a right, First right. Amendment, right? They have a, honestly, John, could you safely say that there really is no First Amendment pretty much around the world like we have? like ours no the closest one obviously comes from england where they have freedom of the press but they also have more strict they have lower bars for libel and things like that but um but canada has no first amendment as a matter of fact they have the opposite they have something called the human rights commission which gets to decide whether what you said was hurtful to someone and you can go to jail they can recommend that you go to jail Unless, uh, unless famous, it's a politician being hurtful. Yeah, the <laughs> famous case of a comedian named Mike Ward, who during one of his shows, he was being heckled by a bunch of lesbians. And he just cut loose with a whole bunch of lesbian jokes at them to shut them up. And he he had to flee Canada. He could not go back home because they hit him with so many fines that he would go bankrupt. Yeah. So he just said, it's cheaper for me to just pack up my family and leave. And Government people, run amok. Right. But that's what I'm saying. Right. So Canada has the opposite of the First Amendment. So So how does this remind you of Peterson? then? Because Peterson stood on principle. Right. He didn't bring religion or anything into it, because much like myself, I think religion is the false is a red herring here. It's the easy. It's a cop out logical argument against it. What Peterson said is the following. That student gets to decide how I can refer to them by name, right? So if he, so if a, if, if, a, if a biological male walked up to him and said, my name is Mary, Peterson said, I'll call him Mary because that's, he gets to decide what his name is, right? But they don't get to decide what my use of language is for things that are in the common dictionary. So, he, so you couldn't decide what he or she meant 
right? Like, right, right. Like but what about language? I don't want to discuss it, but. What about a word like gay? We're in the 19 teens. Uh, uh, right. Yeah, gay, exactly. Yeah. Right. Or queer so, or fag. Fag is, uh, even in Britain, still uses a cigarette. cigarette. Right. Yeah. It's a cigarette. So, my, so his point was, never in the history of English common law has the government compelled specific speech on the general populace. And he went to bat for that. He risked his career over that. He, he eventually ended up leaving McGill University, I think, over it. Um, or, or some time around then, because he said, I refuse to do this. Like, this is ridiculous and, and it's logically unsound and so on and so forth. This case is reminiscent of it, except for the fact that here, because we do have a First Amendment and people forget the First Amendment is a lot of different concepts rolled into one amendment, right? There's the freedom right. of religion, there's freedom of speech, there's freedom of assembly, right? All three of those things among others, are in the First and, Amendment, right? And some universities don't even teach that anymore. Right. When you take that history class. Right. Or high schools, rather. So this coach, uh, I'm sorry, this professor, I think took the easy way out. The easy way out is, well, my religion says I, I can't call, I can't call a man she. And as far as I know, well, there's no religious principle like that. They're just it, making it religiously easy. You know, they're-, they're John, John, it. stop. This is, you know how the world works. This guy went into the office. Uh, I believe this man, in terms of his religious beliefs or all that, but I believe the lawyer looked at it like you and goes, what's the best way to win this case? Well, yeah. by God, that religious angle yeah, works. Yeah, exactly. To me, his religion was irrelevant or his belief systems and why he was doing it was not relevant to the lawyer. The lawyer just had to find a way out. And this actual case the guy's uh, angle was the correct one to use. So I guess I, uh, I see your point. And, and, and my issue with that, that point is you can take the Ten Commandments, you can take various aspects that religion has been built on. You can actually separate that because those, those commandments are about how to treat one another. They're not really, I, I don't think that's religious based, but the problem is perception and how you're raised and how you're brought up. So, so this case politically became one based not only off religion, uh, but the first amendment. And see, the problem is in court, we need lawyers and judges with your mentality, but that's not how life works. So it's hard to, uh, com to convince anybody when they're core, but when you're trying to change or tell them their core belief is wrong. Now, somebody who's on getting ready to face death row may be willing to go, let me rethink that angle we're gonna take, you know? Cause I truly believe all these people uh, in prison in the cop shows, you know, I don't believe their stories, you know? Uh, they're gonna take the easiest way out. You yeah, know? And, and I don't disagree with you that at the end of the day, a good lawyer, a good lawyer's only responsibility is to act in the best interest of their client. They're not like people like me who sit around and pontificate all day. We can sit around and do that. I get it. But as a matter of just a thought exercise, there's a lot of competing things. Like, first of all, that guy should not have to address anyone by their preferred pronouns. No, exactly. But see, that's just it, though. Well, uh, 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 we do. I guess what I'm trying to get out of you is how does Big John come to a compromise with your core libertarian belief there of how you view it with the realities of life? Do you walk away frustrated or do you take it case by case? I mean, no, I uh, think what this guy did was perfect. Honestly, probably if I was in his position, I probably would have done the same thing, which is I wouldn't be, have be orthodox. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, what I meant was 
What I meant was I'd probably do what he did, which was like, here's a, here's a solution that satisfies, here's a remedy that I'm proposing. And that remedy is instead of saying Mr. Georgopoulos or Mr. Del Pilar, I'll say Georgopoulos or Del Pilar, because that's the name you told me to address you by. So I'm just taking away the pronoun, which is fair. You're saying he, he's compromised his fair is what you're saying. It's very fair. And by the way, if in my opinion, and probably in the court's opinion, if now Jane Doe, which again belies a political position, right? Because right. by referring in the court papers to this person as Jane Doe, they are acknowledging She's that a it's a woman, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what a lot of people just assume, right? Like, oh, call her Jane Doe. No, if you don't want to call him John Doe because of him being male, then don't do anything. Yeah, and that was a political decision made person by the X. district attorney. Yeah, person yeah. X. That's it. You could have used that in the court papers and to maintain anonymity, right? But there's already right. that bias going on. So you right. have and that that's political, and that's very that, that's so. my issue is people in in powers of of jailing somebody, things like that. To yeah. me, you can't be political. You got to follow the law to the detriment I, I agree. I of agree. whatever ideology. And just that example right there, I say, oh yeah, we acknowledge, uh, they're acknowledging her, we're calling him Jane Doe. It's still a he. Scientifically and by law, it's a, well, I guess the law is changing. See, and that, that to me is a problem with well, society. That's, exactly. That's another issue there because Okay, no, no, I get it. So, yeah. real quick, because uh, I want to ask you some questions. Yeah, sure. Uh, the court ruled Shawnee state officials had violated his free speech rights when they took action. So, instead of having a compromise, not only did this uh, uh, young man lose from being called a woman, he's also helped set precedent for future cases that hurt his beliefs. Yeah. So, the school, right. okay, uh, three judges, uh, the school failed to recognize his, I said that. The judges remanded back the case back down, as you stated. Damages were four hundred thousand to be paid for Merriweather. Odds are, based on the length of this case, that probably all went to his lawyer. You know, and now when calling or addressing students, Merriweather has a right to use or avoid titles or pronouns. So, in essence, I'm the teacher. I'm going to call you whatever the hell I want. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, like your point to common sense, right? That right doesn't, for example, extend to say. Yeah, the asshole in the back. What's your question? Right. right? right. So right. there's, 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 lim we understand there's limitations around how you can address a student, right? Well, self imposed limitations in terms of how you want people to be treated. I or think or policy of the, not, or right, policy right, of the right, school, right, 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 right. No denigrating, no dehumanizing. Right. Now, no here's, here's something that is more subtle that I would like answered is if the school hires you and the policy when they hire you is, you will address students in our university by they by their gender preferred pronouns. Well, technically speaking, let's say let's ignore the law right now because yeah. that would be thrown out as we saw uh, with this case. But let's say it wasn't. So yeah, you're signing that contract to abide what the school does, uh, how it does it, and you don't, you get your ass fired. That's what I agree with you. That's how. That's one reason people are so scared to, to, to become entrepreneurs because everything's on them now to make every single decision. Sure, and, and that's kind of what drove me. There's a great book from the '80s called uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the book, but in the book, what he said is, "Go build your own ballpark." In reference to you don't like the way I'm running my business as an employee, well then go build your own business. And John, I never forgot that, and that was always in the back of my head when I started KFL. Yeah, and to be honest with you, 
look in New York City, if I'm, I could be mistaken about this, but I'm pretty sure it's the case. There are laws in municipal offices, in other words, when you work for the city, that you are not allowed to misgender anybody. Right. Misgender. Oh, yeah, out here too. Uh, right. Those laws, and they're all relatively new. But. Now, I think those laws are horrible laws because Some people again, have been fired over them already. Right. Because it's compelled speech. And I hate that shit. Right. But here's the funny thing the funny thing is, I would still defend the right of the government. <laughs> to fire people because that is their policy. You know, even FDR said federal unions are going to be uh, America's worst nightmare. <laughs> and they become, they're just like a kickback pension job. Do your time. I I, I, I never worked one per se, but I worked uh, because the military, you work in a lot of places. And, sure. and I did work at the VA. Uh, I was formed out in a couple other civilian places, but yeah, there's some of the laziest workers. There, there are some people dedicated to their jobs. Like I told you in the, in the Navy, uh, I can't remember how many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people I worked with. I was like on six commands in six years. I was the anomaly. Uh, 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 I once jokingly said, man, just call me the angel of death. And they did, you know. <laughs> but the point being is, out of all those commands, and each command maybe had uh, 200, 150, the, the, the 300, 400 people. So a lot of people I came across only two or three people, when I left there, I was envious of them, not of their job, not of who they were, not of their lives. I was envious that they found their passion in life. Right. These are the guys when there's a war, put them in charge. They're the guys who, when the bleep hit the fan and I was, I experienced that and saw it firsthand and E4 who had as close to a photographic memory as possible, have a manual like that thick and he knew exactly and that uh, we had we had in the term in the military we had broke dick and we had nearly a pueblo incident so it, it was pretty bad and he was literally leading the captain the captain towed the division the watch officer we were in general quarters and the watch officer after a while it's just captain we have i don't need to talk to you i need to talk to petty officer for now that was his name for now <laughs> And I, I'll never forget, John, I'm in E3, seeing it, and I, we all just looked up, because it was what you would call the proverbial slap in the face of that watch officer. In right. that one moment, he had been de demeaned and reduces nothing but obstacle. And that's because the captain wanted an immediate... We were drifting. It's not like the water, the, 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 the current was like, okay, he's going to report. Let's hold off a few seconds until he gets it. We were drifting, and uh, uh, it just... It's just something to see in terms of that perspective. But real quick, the First Amendment guarantees Dr. Merriweather. Uh, uh, no, the school has also agreed to resend the letter. The school said it was an economic decision. I don't believe that this time. I think that was an excuse. These schools had the type of money to win that. But I think the school also saw uh, a, a way out, meaning I think a lot of schools are pressured. They don't want to get canceled, even though if they had the backbone, they wouldn't. But I think this was also the school's way look. We lost this, but this solves this problem moving forward. We don't have to deal with any of this crap. It's the law, you know? So John, I want to ask you a, a few questions here. You've kind of answered some of them already. And uh, you answered it, I believe you're saying, you're stating the first amendment was probably defended here. Uh, uh, and we agree on that. But at what point does faith in the first amendment compromise, which we kind of were touching on here in terms of how it, you're saying it's not really a religious issue as as much as a clear first amendment but it was driven by faith uh do you think that this is what we're always going to see in terms of these battles or do you think or hope we can eventually separate it yeah i i i think there's um there's a there's a bad trend that whenever instead of 
standing on the principle of free speech, they're falling back on the principle of freedom of religion. So, for is that example, because? But but is that because in the past, when you would uh, infer your religion, it was kind of like that ended the argument. And I think well, that's why they're falling back into that's, it. That's what happened in intellectual circles. But I think it's two reasons. One is religion now has become so nebulous that you can make any claim about a religion right. Like I said, like. Oh, no, you can. I, I've read some cases where, I mean, it could be a cult, could be anything. But if you can prove that is a religion that you practice and you're, it's profound or whatever, it could be, right. it could be the Jeffrey Dahmer religion. But if you can prove right. that you're practicing all that, the courts, some courts will recognize it. It's just like the Scientologists. They got away with it, too, for years. But here's the funny thing. I know, I know, I know. Uh, here's the thing. For example, <laughs> that case in Colorado with the so-called gay baker. The baker. Right? Yeah. Now, here's the funny thing. I see. As far as I know, the religion they were citing that was being violated on their part says, love your brother, love thy brother, thy brother as you love yourself. Right. Nowhere in that Bible does it say don't do business with gay people. OK. Right. Does it and, talk about homosexuality? I don't think it does, but. It does. The Bible does. And my point just, to keep oh, just on, is, is you're right, yeah. but you're, but, but you're wrong because the, they can, the Bible is one of the worst books for either side to use as their example. No, I, it I contradicts agree. itself. I agree yeah. with you, but, but the only things about homosexuality in the Bible is don't do it. Right. It doesn't say don't help a homosexual, you know, and that's how I look at it. That's how my, my mom is a fundamentalist. So she has her views on homosexuality. But I've seen my mom help more homosexuals than a homosexual help because she never looked at him as a person. Because she's probably more of a Christian than the Christians yeah, claiming she, that they shouldn't do this. Now, I never heard her say it, but I'm sure in the back of her mind, she probably said, I'll pray for them. You know, I'm yeah, not yeah, and that's fine. Yeah. If you want to pray for someone, go ahead. But see, in that case as well, to me, the correct argument was we have the right of free association. See, to me, that's the right that should have been defended. Like not the freedom of religion, but it was much easier because people say they're persecuting me for my religion, right? Well, John, I, I don't mean to disagree, but the lawyer saw it at the way. I mean, I, I agree with yeah, you. I, I, I don't disagree with you. I'm going to go with the best way to win. In this case, yes. one of those yes. where now, here's I the, think... the second part of this is ever since like the Republicans have been like seeding the courts, most of the people they put in are not pure uh constitutionalists oh no they're or, not no trust me trust me see that's i know that too right it's, it's so a, yeah. so in other words what i'm trying to say is most of them are religious freaks so no i don't think so just because religious has a strong uh, uh, uh presence there are fundamentalists and then there are people who just they go to church you wouldn't know they go to church every sunday or do a sunday and wednesday because right. they know how to separate it but, fundamentalists but most, are a small core of conservatism but just like the lgbt in america and in the democratic party they have some of the loudest voices yeah and that could be people fail to realize that and that could be the case but let's face it the the you're violating my religious rights has become an argument that's taken more pop, uh, prominence as these judges, these conservative judges have been winning more seats, especially on SCOTUS. So I, just, I don't think so. I think it I starts think out so. like that. And then I think it goes to what you're saying. Those judges are looking at the actual base law. Like in here, the, the judge at the end of the day, this is a poor example, I guess, for your case, what yeah. you're pushing, you need the fine one where the judge said, okay, for religion and ignored the law. 
and I haven't heard of one or seen one of that, but I, I'm not saying that they're, they're not out there. Right. That's what you need to find to pop your case out. Real yeah. quick, John, before we move on, you've already answered, should we be forced to contradict our core beliefs? If you know what's required of the job going in and accept it, you're saying I'm putting my beliefs aside. Right. For the exactly. Job. Exactly. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree. Uh, with that. So, so, so what happened to free speech? Give me a second. What happened to free speech at the universities? Supposedly bastions for open discussions. And John, the second part of that question is this, is this a lack of intellectual and ideological diversity at the university system, which is supposed to be free speech and discuss those issues? Oh, absolutely. The American university system has been closed-minded for at least since the 60s. Okay, so real quick, because uh, we're running out of time here. What's it going to take in your eyes, not political, but in your heart, what's it going to take to break this and start teaching again so we don't have to import foreigners? To work uh, the high tech jobs. Well, I think, I think those jobs. are separate issues. But to your first issue, I think the American University, as as a free speech sort of campus, is lost. That's been, that's going to get lost for the next couple of decades, probably, yeah. because it's going to be a slow turnaround. You know, it's going to be that when all these old professors die off. You have to have intellectual conservatives, and I, I don't mean Trump conservatives. Or, Actually, or, the best professor would be more of a libertarian. Well, that's what I was going to say. Either conservative or libertarian professors who who make it a point to become professors. They the, teach both sides. You see, but the problem is that people of that mindset tend to be more business and entrepreneurs, Doers, not teachers. Yeah, they don't want to be teachers. So, like, I liken it to me and my sister. Okay. My sister is much smarter than I am. Okay. She's, she's a lot smarter, but she, her life's work was to go into teaching. She wanted to teach children, young children. Right. So she teaches grade school. She's not, she's not going to be rich ever in her life. Right. Whereas an idiot like me when I said, I'm not going back to school. Once I got, once I got my degrees, I'm like, I'm gone. And I started I started businesses. I went to Wall Street, you know. And it's, I don't know, John. That, right? that mentality is gone. Have you seen the pensions of these teachers out here? In but it's still, it's not as much as you think. I understand the oh, it is. It no, is. no, but I mean, listen, when we you were, Hold on. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to let this one go. We got a janitor out here that was earning $300,000 after all his pension and all that. The, the formula. Yeah, but a janitor isn't kids. teaching your kids, yeah. right? Well, that's, that's just an example of one. The teachers are just as bad earning uh, six-figure salaries that keep increasing. We have like either $1.9 to a $3 trillion deficit when you count the, the pensions in California. But for some reason, I don't. I assume they carved out some law or some regulation. They don't have to put that into the, the bill. So well, I'm not so, arguing with you as much as that used to be the case with teaching. It doesn't pay, but oh no, that is. But, but it's but it com, com, even if it, yes, but it, comparatively speaking, it doesn't pay anywhere near as the private. Uh, uh, no, private but you're talking about market. the one ten percent, you know, in the country. They're earning their money both before and after. Teachers are, are working class people, but they see pensions of executive pay, you know, because it's the taxpayers. And it's not just teachers, it's the firefighters. Everybody loves the firefighters. The, the firefighters are killing us. So we just had to pay, they just passed another fire tax uh, not too long ago, it was up on the bill, it may have been defeated. But they don't, they always put the money in the general fund, but when you track the money, it's always going to pensions. 
Yeah, yeah, the cops too are the same way. Yeah, cops too. See, I mean, so, so then all of a sudden we hate cops and firemen because we don't we, we want to control how they live. No, I don't believe you should be earning a better living than me, a successful entrepreneur who's made it and actually sold a company. And I'm not better than anybody else. But I, I, I was stunned when my my financial planner told me where in the percentage of the country I was. I was like, oh my god! I go, it doesn't take a lot of money to get there, does it? But my first thought was how poor the rest of America is. So my thought process is, no, those 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 working smoes here shouldn't be funding an extravagant. Again, the compromise, you know, but we're way off topic. Let's get to let's talk about money and let's talk about billions and trillions. You know, John, what would you do with 44 billion in your back pocket? You just wanted to burn. Oh, my God. I might buy myself a small country or something and run a libertarian utopia. So in other words, you run a libertarian utopia for six months, three years, and you're lucky before some outside force came in and conquered y'all. <laughs> for, for, yeah, I, I'd establish like Fredonius or something like that, Fredopolis or something like that. So, so or, buying so buying a tech giant wouldn't be part of the, the, the libertarian approach? Well, yes, in some cases it would. And of course, we're talking about Elon Musk, who uh, his offer, like very reminiscent of Warren Buffett. Uh, Warren Buffett has been known for decades. When he wants to buy a company, he makes one offer and that's it. Like he doesn't negotiate. Here's my best offer. Take it or leave it. Musk kind of did the same thing. Well, he most definitely did it. And I wasn't sure whether to believe him. Real quick, John, I want to give a couple of shout outs here. <clears throat> a hat tip to philstar.com. They, uh, their great article provided the timeline. What does Musk want with Twitter? Check out his tweets for clues. And then techcrunch.com, the complete timeline of the Elon Musk Twitter saga. Let me run a couple of these points down for the people, then I'll ask your input there. So on April 4th, first came out, Musk bought 9.2% of Twitter. Now, to the average layman, I, I've seen this before, they think, oh, it's only 9.2%. They don't understand. You're talking billions here still, you know? And, he was, and by far, he was the largest shareholder. Right, right, including right. Including Jack Dorsey, who's the founder of Twitter, Plus, if you took all the board members put together, then you're talking individual shareholders. Yeah, the individual shareholders, not not institutional like hedge funds or mutual funds. But yeah, um, in, in terms of individual shareholders, by far, Musk was right. So April 4th, or he, he bought 9.2 percent. April 5th, he was given a board seat. He, well, he was, he was, he was welcome. He was, he was welcome. No, they came out. Yes, yeah, so he was offered. Right. Yeah, well, he yeah. given offered semantics in the sense it was his board seat. Uh, April 10th, he backed out of his plan board seat. He had a different plan. He'd buy the company outright and take it private. Now, my thought process on that, just to drive you in the right direction, brother Girthy John, <laughs> is that he realized he would be hamstrung as a board member by, as what you said previously, you're coming on board. Here's our rules. Here's our regs. Here's what we can say, what we can't do. I think he realized that I think he knew from the get go, they're going to hamstring, hamstring me. And that's why I'm not going to take the board seat. Your thoughts. Uh, yeah. I think that initially he was met with some sort of enthusiasm by some factions within Twitter, but it was obvious. First of all, the board has certain restrictions. Like if you're a board member, you can't own more than 14.9%. Uh, right, right. That's, that's the other thing. He, he was going to be limited. Right. So if he wanted to buy like 
most of Twitter, he wouldn't be allowed to as a board seat. And I think that was part of the calculation that when they offered the board seat, it was a good PR move, but they knew he wouldn't take it. Okay, um, John, though, uh, uh, the stock hit last year at some time. I looked it up. I want to say October, November, approximately, uh, or May. I'm sorry. I want to say approximately a year ago, but I wouldn't put it in November. But sometime last year, I looked it up. I didn't write the date down, though. It did hit roughly $70, close to 70 not 70 He only paid $54. Uh, and 20 cents per share but now it was tracking even lower than that you were on wall street the natural inclination is like well we're in bad times right now we're going to good times let's wait for it to go up uh, uh so why did they take this offer and not hope for the company to go up or do you think the writing was on the wall this company is not going it's not improving yeah it's not improving that's the i think everyone on wall street knew it and it started to collapse prior to other tech companies in other words their dive wasn't an opportunity right now for Musk. I think he took advantage of the environment, but Twitter was starting to collapse on its own. For all its users, there's some key metrics. As many users as Twitter has, only 2% of them are active. And it's the same 2% over and over. Um, So they have about 350 million people. Are you good with math? What's 2% of that? uh, A lot less. (laughs) A lot less, right? Because 10% would be... uh, 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 35 million, 5% would be 17 and a half million, right? So you're already dwindling, dwindling down, right? right. So, so my point being is that they have a very engaged, loyal base, but it's not expanding. The other thing is they haven't been able to monetize it properly. And there's a lot of technical things that are wrong with Twitter, like forever, you know, should Twitter have an edit button? Like, I'm sure you and I are frustrated when we do our social media work. If we put a tweet out there that we have a spelling mistake or just some other factual error, you can't just go in and change it, right? Like you can with Facebook. You have to delete the whole thing and repost it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I do that at least two or three times a day. Right. So Musk... Right. And Musk has has experience like people forget, in addition to Tesla and and, uh, SpaceX, he he was one of the co-founders of PayPal. And and think about how we use PayPal. Right. It's like real quick, John. It's about seven million people. Okay, seven million. I was getting there eventually with my math. But uh, that's not many people. That's not many people compared to how many are registered. Right. So there's a lot of dead accounts. There's a lot of bots and crap like that. But anyway, so Twitter was so. Could they have gotten more than 15, 54, 20 a share? Probably not. So you think this was a good deal for them? That, do you think that's why they agreed? I mean, it was literally a, like what a couple I, of days turnaround. I think what was happening was there was a lot of, A, I think there was a Chatter. lot of popular surge for Musk, meaning the, a lot of the Twitter users wanted Musk. And then I think also you had issues. For example, the new CEO, Pragwal, I forget his last name, um, that CEO, has has not had a good three years at the helm. Like the, the, has the it company, been three years? I think so. Wow. Uh, the founder of well, well, hold on, John. What about this aspect? Uh, I read that he was positive that, that more people that the potential of uh, other nine point two percent rich bears could, in terms of institutions, could come on board. That that because what you're saying, the the must movement was starting forward. Do you think the pressure of hey, we're going to lose this battle if we go toe to toe with him here? Uh, and he actually had an offer, meaning he actually set up and got the offer done on paper to be able to go through with it. Do you think well, just all that movement and all yeah, that? I think there was a lot of 
I think there was a lot of PR jostling. So Twitter, I, you didn't mention, but Twitter also adopted a poison pill policy. Oh, they, well, that was next. I was saying that yeah. the shareholders would be able to buy more stock at low prices, effectively diluting the company and driving up the price of his bid. You see right. people, John Smart, he knew, yeah. he knew where I was going. <laughs> so, so, so they had all that going on. And I actually, uh, every so often I'll, I'll watch CNBC Business Mornings uh, and Jim Cramer was on. And Kramer was saying like, well, you know, the Twitter board can't be seen as, as succumbing to Musk because but they, they, have a, they have a fiduciary obligation. This is before they agreed to it. They have a fiduciary obligation to get the pr- best price they can or not sell if it's not in the best interest. I think the problem was once Musk laid out his plan for cash, right? Because as rich as Musk is, 44 billion in cash for him would have been very difficult to raise on his own. He would have had oh, to, yeah, yeah, he yeah. would have had uh, to people, sell off a lot of his other stock, Tesla, SpaceX, right? And, and people, billionaires are like that. They have a lot of their wealth on paper versus uh, uh, in assets. You know, right. That's a big mistake that a lot of socialists and leftists have that if you're a billionaire, you've got a billion yeah. dollar bill somewhere, like AOC. AOC and, says this nonsense all the time. And it's like, John, you, uh, your, your favorite rube, as you like to call him, actually uh, went bankrupt in one case because he had to file for bankruptcy because he was cash insolvent. That was Trump. Oh, yeah. he's done it lots of times. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's filed for you know, This was one of the big ones. It was a lot of money. It was like he had to file bankruptcy yeah. uh, because he, it's not that he wasn't a billionaire still. He had all the assets. He did not have the cash flow. Right. All the debtors. Right. You know so, we say debtors? Debtors? Debtors, yeah. Um, so once Musk, though, said, here's my plan for getting the cash, and it could be like getting loans from banks, borrowing, right, right. Of stock, whatever. Um, once he had that plan for here's the 44 billion. Now it's what you might call a bona fide offer. So the board now has a bona fide offer. And if the board is doing their fiduciary duty, they're saying, look, we're at the time they were they were south of $50 a share. They was they, they had gone as low as 44 uh, in the past couple right, of years. Right, right, right. In fact, this whole month drove the stock price up. Every time Musk would say something, right. he would drive it up. And it, it was Morgan Stanley and Bank of America. Do you think the fact that, that's what I meant by it's on paper. We got it done on paper. It's here. bona fide, is, yes. Yeah, right. exactly. There you it's go. Bona fide. This is an actual offer. It's a bona fide offer. Yeah, because you think, you have to, when you get into high finance, there's so many interesting things. For example, one of the major players in this sort of M&A type of thing or is J.P. Morgan Chase. They're the biggest bank in the U.S. And Elon Musk is like mortal enemies with J.P. Morgan Chase. Like, I don't know. They've had beef in the past. So, so they weren't going to help them, right? So now the question is, if the biggest bank in the country isn't going to help you, where are you going to go for this sort of thing? And that's why he had to stitch together like Morgan Stanley, Bank of America, um, I don't know what kind of terms he got. I don't know what, you know, I don't know the details, but he, but apparently he did put together a good offer. So now Twitter, legally, the board has to decide, is this in the best interest of our shareholders? Right, right, right. Corporations have one legal responsibility, not corporates, one, the best interests of your shareholder. Yeah. That's why a lot of times people money. say, well, why didn't uh, this company feed the poor? Their job isn't to feed the poor. Their job is to make more money, more value for their shareholders legally. That's the only thing they have to do, right? So Elon Musk made an offer. They had to accept it, I think. They did. Now the question is, will he keep it public or take it private? 
That's, I think he's already going private. I, yeah, I think, I, and, and that was resolved almost immediately. He's taking and you it know, private. And you know, John, this is a great lesson here because John and I talk about this all the time. For people that don't know, I approached John to work together. And I said, John, I can be tough to work with uh, because I'm. Uh, it's not that I'm driven. I've been it's a curse sometimes it really is because it's a bad habit it's there's never an obstacle that is just an obstacle and elon musk in this case the biggest bank who could have made it easy for him told him to f off right but instead of caving in and going well moving on to the next project he found a way around it and if you ever want to be an entrepreneur because i know eventually some entrepreneurs are going to watch this that is an example of determination and perseverance when the rest of the world is telling you you're not going to do this. The board is looking at you laughingly. Where's he going to get the money? And he did it. And and, and to the audience, that is what separates great men from achieving greatness. And there's a reason Elon Musk is, uh, he's also one, John has, John will tell you, what don't, I don't like silver spoon people because most of the 99% of them just live off daddy's trust, mama's trust or whatever. Right. And, and they blow through their, their money. Elon Musk came from a well-to-do. I don't know if it was wealthy, but well-off rich uh, family out of South Africa. Uh, so the optics are just bad and great for Democrats right now because you're seeing the play out. White racist man from South Africa, but you know. Horrible, horrible reaction. But he took, yeah, but he took what his father gave him and made something more of it. And to me, that's the American dream, John. John, Bezos, I want to talk about other things. What do you think? Throw in yeah. Jeff, Be- I agree with you. Throw in Jeff Bezos in that bunch. Yeah, yeah. He, he he wasn't like dirt poor, right? He, he oh, no, no. You know, I agree, I agree. The thing, Amazon, what, what, what I was uh, bummed out to discover, because I thought it was one of those in your garage type businesses, but he was a washery guy. He had all no, that no, he did start washery. Amazon out of his garage. There's no, 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 no. He had, he, had, uh, uh, he had backers. I, I was shocked right. to say that. But, but, that. but no, no, he had, he had, dude, for that operation, when you think about it, he had to have bat- massive financial oh, backers. I, 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 warehouses of books yeah. just just the, it, it's one of those businesses where the inventory is gonna kill you you know well, so real quick go, yeah, ahead. go ahead no no i was gonna say so i agree with you when you look at people like musk and bezos and to a certain extent bill gates and guys like that um i've never understood the people who view them as villains like i'm not talking about like that, uh, what's his name? Keshkarelli guy, the, the hedge fund, the hedge fund bro, oh, right, John, the pharma John, bro. That, why is that? Answer your own question. Oh, why, it's jealousy. Why? It's jealousy. And, and that's part of it. But don't you think it's also tribalism now? You, if you don't agree with me 100% no, part no, of the enemy? No, no, I don't but think. we're seeing it right now. He well, was the darling of leftists right, let me, let me years ago. I think it's, now he's not, it's economic tribalism. Um, because oh, no, I think it's ideological tribalism. No, well, yeah, when, 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 hold on. When, 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 uh, when he supported Yang, his run must did early on. All the leftists were in love, all the Bernie bros were in love with him, even a lot of Democrats who's Elon Musk. Now that he wants free speech, now they're turning now, he's a white racist man from South Africa. Well, <laughs> exactly. Well, okay, there's some of that, but I think it's more, I think it's more driven by jealousy because. Like, for example, and I'm not even restricting it necessarily to leftists because, like, I laugh, you know, because the right is all cheering him now. Like you said, at one point, he was willing to support Andrew Yang. For yeah, those that people don't know, forget. They forget. That, guy, that, guy's, that guy's like a born-again socialist Yang here in New York, okay? Yeah. The, the, what I'm saying is that, like, for the same for the same liberals that are right now saying, oh, he, he endorses hate speech. No, listen, like he's like Jordan Peterson. This guy's an intellectual. He, he he just thinks it through and he goes, free speech is good. We need debate. And if that means that for me to get the best debate possible out of this platform, 
I have to take it private. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, from that perspective, oh, that you know, that's a great point, John. There's our so we're doing this 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 new venture because uh, of our beliefs is what I came to you. But we also have talked about the pure business side of it because they are two separate beasts. And you look at your dream that we were talking again about off camera. And when you see the synergy happen, that synergy is not going to be easy to, to do. But if you believe in it, you persevere and you're not stupid. You can succeed. And I mean that by not being stupid. People always look at these, the Bill Gates, the, the, the Michael O'Dells, uh, the gateway guy, who, what's his name? The cow guy. Remember the, the computers? Love yeah, the I don't remember his name, but yeah, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. But these are men that took calculated risks. Yeah. Odell did not leave his dorm room until he could no longer handle sales were overwhelming. You know, Bill Gates did everything to give it to uh, IBM or, 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 or the company he was with before uh, uh, he got himself a hold of a, an accountant. No, everybody forgets accountant, Paul Allen, and they ran with it. But these were calculated risks they took, you know? And uh, 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 so, so just always remember that, people. Your plan has got to be smart, sound, on paper, uh, uh, and it has to be calculated. It's like we were talking SEO people, and it's I look at it very calculating, like there's an obstacle, but we're going to figure it out. But I'm digressing, but it's a very important point. And to give Big John his kudos, we'll talk about it again in a different podcast, but he has a fascinating computer wrestling story that's innovative. It's, it, just, it just oozes entrepreneurialism. Yeah. So, so John, a couple of comments in terms of why uh, Musk wanted it. Uh, uh, I have some nice comments here, but I'm going to read one. And then I wanna, uh, I'm pretty sure you'll agree, but why? Uh, free speech is the bedrock of a functioning democracy. And Twitter is the digital town square where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated. He tweeted that. Now, that hit me. Uh, it, it, I don't want to say hit me ah, profoundly, but it is a profound statement. Yeah. What he's saying is Twitter is is to the uh, uh, United States of America what the what certain corners and squares were in the Roman Empire, where orators would sit there and just be screaming and right. losing. Right. You know. I assume you agree with that. Do you think one yeah. that's his real reason for doing this, and two, if it is, can he succeed? Yeah. I think it is his real reason for doing it. It's his 1A reason. His 1B reason, as it is with everything, is to make more money. Yeah. And there's um, nothing wrong with that, people. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, free speech, yes, I think he's a big believer in it. And also, see, you have to understand, intellectuals, and, and I keep getting back to this, intellectuals view free speech to be more important than, <laughs> than any other right they have. Because to an intellectual, the ability to challenge beliefs, debate beliefs, even with people that you disagree with, because sometimes the guy who disagrees with you is the one who pushes you to discover even more cool stuff right, and to come right. up with new ideas, right? So, like, you don't get an intellectual yeah. is like an entrepreneur for the mind, and Absolutely. you don't want the mind shackled. Absolutely. It has to have the freedom, because honestly, people, without what John is describing. We don't get the TV, the radio, the iPhone, the computer. Yeah. If you look at Soviet technology and Chinese oh. technology, they have exponentially increased their countries technologically through the theft of American inventions, creativity, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, uh, that's what John's referring to. And John, uh, do you think, I'm digressing, but it's a very important point. Going back to the universities, 
Do you think it's that intellectualism that you're talking about that is being forced out of the universities because oh, ideology? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And that's absolutely. both sides. It doesn't matter what ideology. Yeah, right? no, no. But we know what ideology it is. Look, I, I tend to be very tough on conservatives who, who all of a sudden become blind to their own censorships, right? So, like, so for example, the people who are cheering Elon Musk right now, the very same conservatives, I or guarantee you, uh, yeah, in, in two months, if he opens it up and now you've truly got free speech, all the guys who are going to be on there grooming, talking about how transgenderism is awesome, supporting BLM, like all these things, that's free speech too. The Nazis, that's free speech too. You have to tolerate it. How do you moderate? Because you, you can. Well, hold on, hold on. You said it yourself earlier with the professor. Uh, 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 you know, he shouldn't be calling her, hey, you dumb man, or you do this or yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. There's modicum. And to me, it, a company is failing if they don't try moderation. They're no, trying they to, can't. No, hold on, hold on. They try to figure it out. But if you can't come up to a solution, then you've got to make some hard decisions. Do you let it go or do you shut it down? See, to me, everything is 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 layered in a strategic plan and tactics to try to achieve moderation in this instance and another industry could be something else but they, they're trying to achieve something he hasn't spoken one word about it so it doesn't matter what you or i actually think. he has he has he hasn't said anything no he, he has, has very no no very he hasn't little. said he hasn't said i am going to allow nazis to no, have free reign no, on no 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 this is what he said this is what he said so basically he said it will be a free speech platform but we will follow the applicable laws of any land where twitter is Right. Oh, I apologize. That's right. I read that today. Yeah. That's so, right. for example, in Germany, speaking out about Nazis, being pro-Nazi is against the law. There's a law right, in right, Germany right, that right, says you right. can't bring up the Nazi party. Or so, like selling Nazi memorabilia. Or selling Nazi everywhere. memorabilia in Germany. So eBay. Oh, no, no. It's everywhere. Or, okay. Might be everywhere. Actually, I don't think it's illegal in the U.S. I just think it's that. No, certain... it's. I think it oh, is. No, you can buy it. Like, you could buy nazi era like if you if, if like if someone sold an ss helmet for example you could buy oh, that. I, I, i'm sorry i'm thinking of nazi like actual gear and stuff there's laws i think i, I could I, be I wrong I I could be, but i know US. they track people down that way in well yeah there's there's certainly watch lists based on that but 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 the point is that like what elon musk so first of all moderation is bad for two reasons one again it goes it flies in the face of free speech because once you have moderation you have to have a moderator well, well, John, I, I think what it boils down to, uh, agree with me or, or, not, uh, or not here, give me your thoughts on it. it what, what it boils down to is whoever's doing the moderating is going to do it from their ideological well, core. Well, yeah, that's, that's think, the biggest That's problem. where the failure, the human nature of that's that is why problem. it's doomed to fail. Right. But William, there's a second problem that most people don't realize. On the internet, once you become a moderator, you become legally liable for the speech on your platform. That's fairly new, I'd imagine. Oops. What you drop there? It's okay. Ghosts in the machine. But no, it's for example, my cannabis plan. Yeah. Gotta go. No, I'm <laughs> for, for, for example, like the New York Times can't claim, well, they're just articles. We, we're not responsible for it. No, because they, they moderate their content, right? They moderate their writers. They become liable for what's written in the newspaper. Yeah, yeah. Um, Twitter, if it has no moderation at all, they just, they get a pass. They're just like, look, we are just the town square. Any idiot can come here and say whatever they want. No, now, I, I think so. I, I agree that that I agree because, uh, and the reason because there's small factions on each side. One reason I stopped online gaming back in 2002 
because uh, I was a gamer my whole life growing up is because the first person I heard was a young black, uh, 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 young white kid with the N-word. Then eventually I played with a black kid and it was cracker this, cracker that, redneck this, redneck that. And I just realized it's coming from both sides. Am I real? And what was my option to go run, create laws, go fight for something like a soccer mom would do? Right. No, I just chose not. I'm like, I'm not gonna deal with this. But the real scary part, John, was playing a game of uh, 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 it was a zombie game. God, I wish I could remember the title. <laughs> you need to play it, people. Uh, and I'm playing online, and this kid jumps in. It, I didn't realize the game automatically went into multiplayer online mode. Mm. Yeah, I hadn't connected my game system to the internet yet. For years, I had never connected it, and then I did. And then this kid's coming on, and he's in my game. And uh, he was a nine-year-old kid. Oh, my and God. And you, were, and you were probably yelling at him and stuff, right? No, no, no. I quick, and he was so nice. So he was trying to do some kind of trade. The world, everybody kept screwing out over because I guess in those games you have to drop your weapon and then the other guy. So he would always drop his weapon, they pick it off and then disappear off the screen. You know, so, but he was, I just realized in that moment how manipulate, how it was so easy to manipulate him. You know, so, yeah. so, so. So to me, it was like, this is a pedophile's wet dream. It's, and that's when I, I didn't get angry at parents. But I'm like, God, you parents are clueless. You really don't know what your kids are doing. So yeah. that said, John, how does Twitter and I mean, it's being pushed now leftists, I hate to say, I'm, and I'm not accusing them because uh, I tend to be a conservatarian. It's because they are pushing grooming and pedophilia and all that type stuff, normalizing. It. I've ta- I've actually, my wife's a hairdresser. I've dealt a lot into the, uh, I know a lot of gay individuals. I'm not saying I'm tight friends with them, but because of her world, we interact. And uh, uh, one of them told me that the thing that the kid, Milo Yiannopoulos or whatever, right. He was telling the truth. He was telling me, he goes, yeah, there's some part of the LGBTQ that these guys, he goes, we don't claim them. You know, they're like the Bucks, the Buck guy from the Democrat guy there. They seduce and they take uh, or pedophile priests. But but the point is, yeah, but there's a segment of humanity that wants to normalize this, I think. So how do you think? Because most of the world doesn't. But how does Twitter handle that? Well, again, I I'm I'm a free speech absolutist. So I don't believe in restricting anyone's speech, anybody. Now, so you know uh, what the other side is going to say? Yeah, and the other side is wrong because what I happens agree, is I agree. because what happens is once you start to criminalize the speech, hate speech. First of all, again, f- put aside the moderation, put aside the liability. What do you create? You create a a, a uh, an environment where these people are driven underground. So if you're really worried about grooming, you're really worried about pedophilia, you're really worried about your kids, what's worse? Having these people communicate with each other in the dark and code and you don't know what's going on? Or would you rather have them on Twitter where you can deal with them, you could try to have discussions, you could try to persuade them, you could try, first of all, look, it's a hard- well, John, also, the obvious. Uh, these these cats can't stop, so that's where the FBI comes in. You know, they, this is how they catch rings. People think they're safe under an umbrella here. Yeah, you know? no, but uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm not talking about people who just think about it. People who are, are in child trafficking. Right. San, San Diego is like number two child traffic. Real quick, John, it appears you are correct. I am wrong. There's parts of France and Europe where it's illegal. Uh, yeah. I, I thought it was illegal in the U.S., uh, 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 but I guess about the not. Nazi memorabilia. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, I, I, believe it or not, I've known people who used to order like um, like authentic World War II Nazi yeah, pieces. Yeah, yeah. I know um, people like that from the military. Yeah, yeah. yeah, from, they, they, yeah exactly. guns. they were military guys and they used yeah. to order that stuff on eBay. eBay then had a company policy not to sell that stuff. There you go. And it's a private but company. 
but it was still but you could still go to like swap meets and probably pick them up and it's not illegal okay one of uh must enemies the other billionaire you talked about uh i don't know if this segment or last segment states uh, or actually threw a tweet out there, uh, in, in essence, saying that uh, China may, will China have leverage? Because, you know, Tesla's in China, and literally China's a big component of Tesla from manufacturing to other types of deals. And uh, look, like you said, Musk is not like $240 billion rich in the bank. He Who knows how many millions he has? We know he doesn't have $44 because he had to go... Uh, pocket work to get that together so uh uh uh, uh, uh do you think this is just bezos tr- uh, what was it kind of like yankee the chain to create a little drama here yeah i think that, that i think there's a lot of that going on because he had the same kind of beef with gates at one point like even among intellectual billionaires or maybe especially among them you're always going to have these little beefs going on like oh yeah and for the record for the world uh for you guys out there i guess bezos and musk don't really get along too well because uh uh, i don't know if it's friendly or not but they are competitors in the space race right now yeah you know know, uh, 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 bezos launched the big penis yeah i heard that i heard a local female worker down the street go damn that's gonna cost extra yeah right (laughs) but you know what's interesting is another thing people don't realize is you want more people like Musk, Gates, and Bezos who hate each other and are super competitive against each other because that brings us the best products and services because they have to outdo each other. Think about what government provides. Government, everybody works for the same thing. They, they all work in lockstep and they're the most inefficient body on the, in, the, oh, in all of history. The Soviet Union is a great example. They had oh, some yeah. car in the 60s. It's like you were forced to buy that car. And if it started half the time in those brutal winters, they said you had a good model. <laughs> oh, please. Listen, I, I I have family members who work for the CIA. And, and they once they, they used to regale me with stories of where they would catch and what they would catch Russian spies stealing. Oh, like, yeah. Literally Western. equipment, the computer equipment that we threw away they would go dumpster diving because in the Soviet Union, the old Soviet Union, they were the top technology you could get. John, it's crazy. Was, oh yeah, everything. Everything from an old appliance to an old TV to a junker car because they take it for the pieces. But the car I'm referring to is called the Trabant. Okay. So there, there have been stories written about it. You know, like the Razzies had the movies and all in the car industry and like the Trabant and you were forced to buy it. And that's a yeah. great example of there's no ingenuity. Those scientists or, or engineers, whatever, were paid an X amount of dollars. They built what was the cheapest uh, will it work? It'll drive all the hey. time. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, what's that old saying? If you're a kid of the 80s like I am, uh, what was that old saying? What brought down the Iron Curtain? It wasn't bombs. It wasn't bullets. Oh, it was Western uh, capital. It was. It was. Oh, McDonald's. And it was, no, it was Levi jeans. Yeah. Levi. Coca-Cola that's and it, rock Coca-Cola. and roll music. Yeah, and that's, right. Three that's things, right. John's right. Yeah. Because those three things got the youth. And the youth said, listen, why are we wearing these wool pants that like are uncomfortable and itchy and shit? We've got these people were, I had a college, very quick story. I had a college uh, friend of mine went to the Soviet Union on one of those exchange programs. And he comes back with the biggest, heaviest, like Red Army uh, field officer, uh, you know, like those 
those coats that had the big fur collars and went oh, all yeah, the way yeah, from yeah, yeah, yeah. head to toe. And then we were like, John, where'd you get all this stuff from? He goes, I traded one pair of my ratty old Levi's and these Red Army officers were trading their state-issued uniforms, hats, all of it, because he was a Soviet studies major. So for him, those were like, oh man, these are like things you can't get anywhere, right? He was he traded one pair of his Levi's with holes in them. Oh yeah. For and yeah. he was getting these things that, like heavy, like, and just it goes to show you that even the Red Army officers were like, I like I've known a lot of Red Army guys, believe it or not, who came to this country after the Iron Curtain. Oh, wow. Trial. And one of them was a pilot. Were they related to your uh, a, a relative that had the only shotgun on the island who was a communist? That was my, that, that was my father who told that story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, no, here, um, I, I worked with a guy on Wall Street, super genius. He's one of those guys that just like, a, like Russell Crowe in A Beautiful Mind. But when I finally got to know him, it turns out he was an Air Force captain in the Red, in the Red Air Force. Oh, wow. And the funny part? He told me, he goes, one day he just got up and walked off the base and came to America. From Germany? From Russia, the Soviet Union. No, no, no. But where was he? I assume Germany? No, he, he. I met him here in New York. I don't know what his path was, but he just left. No, I mean, he left the base in Russia. It just mixed in with all those, because um, he was Jewish. And that's uh -huh. when the, the Soviet Union was expelling Jews. Ah, uh, gotcha. So yes. they were all coming to here, England, you know, and... This guy would tell me these stories. He goes, do you know my mother still gets my captain's check in the Soviet Union? Like, wow. they, they haven't figured out that he's been missing for 10 years at that point. You know they, what? That's what happens when you get big bureaucracy. That crap happens. I'm sure it happens here, too. But it just goes to show you. I'd rather have Bezos and Musk, like, competing with each other because they hate each other's guts. And the next thing you know, we've got a colony on Mars because these two guys hated each other. But see, John, tell him, so tell the country, what are you talking about there? You're talking competition. capitalism. Competition. Capitalism. Capitalism. Competition, that baby. is capitalism how it's supposed to be work, not this crony capitalism that, right. that's ingrained in us now. Well, to be know? honest with you, I don't use the word capitalism anymore. I use the word free market because I think that's a better description. It but, is, but free market has never existed. Hey, listen, strongest listen. has always taken advantage yeah. of but free market. Here, very quickly, there's a concept by um, an Austrian economist named uh, uh, um, Joseph Schumpeter, and don't try to read him because it's the most dry economic tome you'll ever read. But one of those concepts is destructive capitalism. And what that means is that capitalism is always destroying what's in place mm -hmm. to build up something better. And that that's the yeah. process that moves society forward. So when you hear people say, man, we got to save Detroit. Because they're the American auto industry. We got to save or, them. We got to, we, we can't have these. Fail. Yeah. Let them fail. That's, that's right. how capitalism works. But and see, if, John, that's my worry. Uh, the Industrial Revolution only started in the late 1800s. And we are less than 100 years into this. And we've made leaps technologically or exponentially technologically. And it's put uh, uh, asset rich paper poor, uh, uh, I forget the term, but these big multi billionaire companies, once change the gold standard these companies have it, it, it's a bit of a paper game is how i look at it from layman terms but it's created this new elitist class and this elitist class wants to dominate and control whether through facebook whether through the government and this is all new territory this is human nature also destroying what works when left unfettered 
but that's human nature from the dawn of civilization. That's why I always argue we don't have a free market. We never have the strongest have or those willing to compromise have been controlled by those willing not. China, Russia, stealing technology. China's a massive threat now. You know, that's not, you know, remember, they were brought into the WTO in the early 90s by Clinton. Uh, well, Clinton was being bought and paid for by China to help get China at WTO. And the naivety of the hope that, well, capitalism will help teach them and it'll overcome communism. And I was always thinking, no, they're going to take aspects of capitalism, which at the time as a kid, I didn't realize was crony or, 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 or crony capitalism, and uh, combine it with their power they have to just amass more wealth within a small uh, group and then continually dominate in worse and worse ways because we are now in an industrial uh, world with weapons that can control the masses, you know? So I don't think, John, in my heart, I'd love to have a free market system, but it's still a capitalistic system is the best term. Um, I don't disagree with you. It's just that... Okay, let's move on. No, I'm it, it, uh, it, and I'll just wrap it up quickly because I think we're coming near the end, but... I do, um, but I got one more question on the social media. And uh, 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 uh. okay, Trump's purchase of, of Twitter. John and I, people are, are doing some side things that we think you're going to love and like and enjoy. So we look at the news and all. So looking at this news, I was looking at the other social media platforms, Parler, specifically Parler, Getter, and uh, Gab. Uh, Gab, I believe, will survive. They left well before Trump got kicked off and all that, and they formed their own ecosystem. But Parler and Getter are a product of, of everything that happened over the last four or five years. Uh, and, and their base were people who were fleeing the censorship of Twitter. How their, did, ba their base was, let's be direct, their base was basically Trump supporters. Well, no, that's what people wrongly assume. Uh, I'm, saying, not par I'm saying Parler and Getter, not Gap. Parler oh, not, not even them. There, there, there's it's 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 grown since then because people want to make money and there's ways to make money off them, uh, uh, and that's why they started. So, but but in, in your defense, I can't argue that point as much as I want because uh, uh, Getter, I think at one point has they probably grown but had eight million. Uh, uh, supposedly, Parler had twelve million accounts. So so you're right in a sense. Those are could be Trump supporters. So anyway, <clears throat> what happens to those? companies if twitter truly goes back to what its original purpose was meant to be um what if look oh um, i'm sorry we forgot to exclude the most obvious one trump truth, truth social. social yeah we excluded it because i think both of us kind of feel that's going nowhere but um here's the thing um i think they'll still be around i think the weaker ones like I, of the three i think I kind of agree with you. Parlor is probably the weakest one. Technologically, it seems to be not as good as the other two. It doesn't seem to be resilient, all that stuff. And, and people, uh, uh, John knows that partially from what I tell him. I'm, I'm on all the social media. I handle that. And uh, Parler's dead. I mean, you yeah, go it, there. It's a ghost town. Yeah, it's yeah a ghost somebody town. with a million followers will make a, a post. Uh, some of the better retweets are like 50 or 100, you know? Yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it, you could tell it's the same people talking to each other. And that's yeah, all it is. And I don't even think they're talking to you. I think it's just big accounts uh, posting whatever just to right. stay relevant on that account. Yeah, it could, yeah, or it could be just like you said, it could be certain brands that just say, okay, this is on our list. We have to post it. So I guess it boils down to Truth Social and Getter because we see Parler eventually fading. Being and Gab. I think, I think Gab is the Gab has it. No, I exclude Gab because 
Gap has built its own ecosystem and yeah. its own base, its own followers. Right. These, their base is fundamental. He's what I would call a conservatorian. His religious beliefs make him a fundamentalist. But if you look at that side, there's a lot of libertarian beliefs. You're talking that's about, why, uh, you're talking yeah, about, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's why he, it's not that he wants the Nazis or things like that, or the Post or those yeah. people. He looks to us to self-police because I've run across some of it mute block or whatever yeah. you know and it angers me because i'm like see y'all just feeding the other side but the other side i can point to quadruple the size why because they're not censored on twitter so it's easy to find as a conservative latino that's kind of my world at times so i can always easily point out the race hustlers the supremacists yeah. and those on that side well, well here here's my here's my take um i think i think gab will be the strongest one of those old sites i think truth social will die just as soon as trump gets convicted Okay, uh, I'll get a question. We'll come back to it. Keep yeah, going. but but what I think the key is going to be, and this is where Musk, I think, will add even more value to Twitter. A lot of people don't realize the advertising on these sites is something called programmatic, meaning that people aren't placing ads on Twitter, right? They may buy ad space, but the physical ads are done entirely by computers, by artificial intelligence. And it's just computers bidding against each other for, for the best spots. And there's these- Kind of like what Burst Media in my day used to do. What was that? Kind of like what Burst Media yeah, in my day. Yeah, except it's, trust me, it's- much Right, more right, right, it's expanded, but still the right. same concept, just so expanded. The, the first company that builds a truly good uh, system where on a true free speech platform, advertisers don't have to worry about their brands being associated with accounts that they don't agree with. They're the ones that are going to win. So, because they're going to be the easiest to monetize. So, so for example, if you had complete free speech on Gab, which it pretty much is, if they came up with a way that said, hey, uh, BLM, we can guarantee that your ads will never appear on anybody you consider to be right wing or Nazis or whatever, or white supremacists or whatever. By the way, also, hey, you Trump supporters, we can guarantee that your ads will never be seen by Democrats, liberals, whatever, right? And so, that's tough because, John, during political season, I get a lot of Democrat ads. I, I do too. I still get texts for them, and I've yeah. never been a registered Elizabeth Democrat. Elizabeth Warren contacted me personally on text. Yeah. And the oh, same thing. Me and 80 million others. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get contacted by everybody but the libertarians. But, uh, yeah. but, but thus we know me, why you can't hold yeah. a bar. To me, that's the subtleness, right? Whoever yeah. comes up with that system best that ties into these, uh, they're called ad exchanges. I which, understand that, John, but how does that tie into the actual building the user base out? Monetization, baby. Yeah, when you're talking about monetizing the user base, I'm talking about how does a getter stay relevant uh, with its users? I think it, 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 I think it's that is since it's all called the UGC, user generated content on all these platforms, Facebook included, YouTube included, it's the one that gets the best, uh, the best content creators, right? Like if all of a sudden, uh, like- I, people, Do like, you think uh, somebody's gonna go to Parler if P, let's say PD- No, Parler is no. dead. I, even you know, I'm, I'm talking about Gab, Parler, anyone. Yeah. Just, just look at them all as equal yeah. right now. Do you think somebody's, it's like Melania just signed a deal with Parler a few months ago or, or an yeah. agreement of some kind. I don't see people flocking over there, but real quick, what about this take? True social. To me, this is a uh, uh, true social has been a wreck. I had high hopes for it from a business perspective. Uh, uh, 
Because honestly, I, I, I hate people who get up and run away and leave. I, I, I'm still on Twitter the most because that's where the battle is being fought. You right. know? But uh, I think Trump has one card to play. And, 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 and I think it'll fail. And I'll tell you why. And you'd agree with this. But Trump is Trump is magnif- ma- it's like a magnet where 70, 80 million people followers on Twitter. He was still growing. You know, if he starts, tweet, he says he's going to start tweeting within the week. Uh, on, he's going to start truthing within the week to put it in his word uh and uh the truth of the matter is i believe everybody will flock to a true social account just to follow him the news media uh, uh entertainers to hate on him uh, uh uh there's money to be made there and all his fans and his haters who want to go hate and attack him personally you know the question is is he can he because let's theoretically say he gets 40 million out of that 70 million just tossing the number let's say 50 million just toss the number now Getter only has 8 million. Hell, so he could get 20 million. He'll probably be still leaving all the conservatives. I think he could use that and use that as a base to grow true social. The problem is, is Trump doesn't like to put his own money into anything. That's why he licenses his name a lot. It's like, cut me the check. Once the check stops, you no longer get my license. Uh, and it seems to be that he's taking that type of approach with true social because it's been a train wreck. It's obvious there was no money put into having a system in place that could immediately scale, which is why we had these wait lists. It seems like they're doing everything on a cheap. And because that is why I feel it will fail. But to my point is, I think Truth Social has that one card called Donald Trump, and everybody will flock there just to listen to his tweets. And from there, theoretically, he could grow a base. I just don't think he has enough care in the world to grow that base. Yeah, look, um, you know what I think about Trump, and what, but I'll try to be fair to him. Almost none of his business ventures succeed. Almost none. Well, he makes a lot of money licensing his name. No, but that's what I'm saying. Up. But I'm talking about business ventures. Yeah. But that the, is most of his business ventures. Well, now it is, right? But any, yeah. think of anything he's tried, right? The the USFL. Oh, stuff. yeah. There were 20. This is like, you're right. You're right. And I used to use those to rail against him when I was 10. Right. So, okay, hold on. But when you look at most of them, they're minimal. We're not talking stuff that could affect his bottom no, line. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is that he doesn't have a good record for building right. a business. Right, but John, most entrepreneurs don't. When you look at some of the successful ones, not the one lightning in a bottle. Uh, again, I've done tons of research because I was an entrepreneur. I just wanted to know what made him tick. And uh, most of them have a string. I don't want to say string, but that's how they describe it. I had a string of failures. I mean, the Starbucks guy was his wife was supporting him, and she was like pregnant nine months. No, no, I, I don't disagree anything. with you. But the difference is that Trump hasn't had the success in any business that those guys have had. So people learn from their failures. He doesn't seem to. But that aside, uh, well, no. My, my final point, point on that is yeah. the reason I think you're wrong is if he's licensed a business for three years and has been millions and that business goes under in his eyes he was successful he got three years worth out of his name before it went under See, right, so I guess we're looking at these businesses in a but different you mind. didn't you didn't ask me if trump was good at making money for himself you asked me if i think the business fair enough succeed. fair enough and fair the enough. business will not succeed because if trump stays at the helm he it will not succeed he the odds history is against him um the other problem is architecturally it can't grow we know it's based on an open source Mastodon product. Oh, anything can grow. It depends how much money you put into it. No, but I'm saying, but uh, yes. And the point is, it's not built to grow right now. Right. Yeah. Because like you said, they don't have, they don't have a mobile app. Well, they Something, just, 
something they like just, 70%. Server, with a new server and they said the wait list is going to go i'm a layman john yeah. handles all our tech stuff people uh but when Devin Nunes says we signed on with Amazon's or not Amazon's, but Rumble servers or something like that, yeah. and the wait list is, is, has gone away or is going away, that tells me in layman terms, they signed that deal. And part of it, uh, sure, it's to another uh, uh, conservative company, but part of it also, they're going to be able to scale now. Uh, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say, John, is anything is possible. The problem is, is I think Trump, that's why I brought up the licensing. Trump doesn't care about the business succeeding, about his, how much money can he get out of it. And remember, this is part of uh, some kind of conglomerate of companies. I don't know any of them, but True Social that he's going that 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 got investors in had a stock price already up at high. It's dropping now, but to me, that's all Trump cares about: upping this value and then boom, selling. Well, I don't disagree with you. I think Trump will make money out of this. I I don't think Truth Social's going. So, you, so in essence, you're saying it's going to fail. Yeah. It, I so. Okay. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. It looks cool. I love the colors. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I think uh, Elon Musk is lying when he says it's a terrible thing. It's actually a, a very creative app name. And the reason why is when you see True Social, yes, yeah, it's a Twitter like platform. You hear True Social. It's already formulated the thought they want you to formulate. When you can have that in a title, that's 90% of the battle. Now, you still have to make the business work. It's like the owner of fantasyfootball.com that just having the URL. He'd have millions of sellers or buyers and it, it, traffic would be, and it wasn't, and it slowly died on the vine. Okay, let's go to our final topic here. We'll make it quick, and luckily it's a short topic. This is a topic that uh, uh, I call the dumbass, or it stays in the locker room. I haven't figured out a name for it, but this is a topic where somebody does something that just shut the bleep up, dude. It, it, it's kind of like a, 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 a wife uh, 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 who's been lovers since high school with their boyfriend and they marry him have kids starts telling uh, the tale of his first time with her to, to to the girls you know it's just honey there's just some things you don't talk about uh you know uh you know so so that's what this is now dan campbell you want to tell us a little bit about dan campbell or you want me to give the overview there big john you might as well go through it because like I, 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 I am almost talked out. Believe it or not, we've been at this for almost ninety minutes. Yeah, yeah. I think that first case kind of. Uh, uh, I mean, it was good stuff. Don't get me wrong. I was excited okay. to talk about it. But now Dan Campbell's a legend. Dan down. Campbell, nineteen ninety nine third round pick by the New York Giants, played from ninety nine to two thousand nine. The important stuff there here is he was a coaching intern starting in two thousand ten with the Dolphins and was a tight ends coach two thousand eleven to two thousand fifteen. And as some of you know, most of you don't. Dan Campbell is the head coach of the Detroit Lions, and he's a loser over there right now, statistically speaking. I just don't understand some of the moves. But that said, he was talking about what teams will tolerate. Here's his quote. So teams, when and John, we both know, <clears throat> when you're a winner, Ray Lewis, they're going to ignore a murder. <laughs> you know, when you're over the hill, uh, who's the other Ravens? An, an, alleged, an alleged murder. Yes, I apologize, alleged <laughs> murder. Uh, and when you're over the hill, who's the running back? Uh, uh, with the elevator. Uh, the oh, Ray Rice. 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 When you're an over the hill uh, player, they'll throw you under the bus. So here's what, and Dan Campbell's talking about, you know, how good a player is, is how long they'll tolerate. So here's his quote He was a dynamic football player, but he came in every day just reeking of alcohol. He was probably on a bender for who knows how long, but God, he loved football. He showed up, he didn't have any MAs. That's missed assignments. And I assume missed assignments in football is on the field itself, yeah. covering the guy. He hustled nonstop. And it's like, you know what? 
you'll find a way to make that guy work. Not saying we want those guys, but he loved ball and he had success. And he's still playing today, by the way. So when I saw that, and Is I'm a saying, running back, uh, he was a tight end. Dan Campbell oh, was a tight end. We don't know. No, who no, the I mean, is it, was he talking about a running back? We don't know who he was talking about, but he was a tight ends coach. But here's the issue I have. Certain things stay in the locker room. And because this, this is a story you tell when you're in your 80s and, not, and 80% of the acting actors in this role are dead or senile. You know, yeah, he's, this guy is still active. It's, it's, he's, first of all, my question is, did anybody bother to get him help and do what's right versus winning? Yeah. And he's right. still playing in the league. So what other teams? And honestly, John, I've told you off camera some of the stories I've done politically that nobody picked no, that 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 the party doesn't like hearing and people won't really pick up on. So I've written articles on them, but uh, <laughs> this would not be hard. I can tell you, my company was seen as a media company. Reporters, people thought I was a reporter at times. This is not a hard story to figure out who that player is. It really isn't. So you could be destroying a career where nobody stepped in to help him. So to me, this is one of those type of stories that I'll be frank, guys. This is this is the no crash to me. Just shut the fuck up, Campbell. That's not a story you tell because that guy needs help. And if you weren't providing help or looking as a tight end coach and going to, hey, we got a problem. And this is one of those lines in the sand where, uh, and I don't know about you, John, but we both not cross lines and it's put us in the position and lives we are and god bless us we have no regrets uh uh this is one of those lines in the sand you get that guy help or to me that, that if that guy goes out and kills somebody in a drunk driving accident but you didn't get him it help might be on you. Yeah, it could be yeah, on it, you it's like yeah. shut the fuck up or get him help i mean what are your thoughts that those are my thoughts on it and i apologize for the crashes but that's how strongly i feel yeah. you know so so this proves in my eyes what the nfl is willing to tolerate from an elite player if it helps his team win sell tickets and merchandise yeah the elite look that that's been known for years and we could bring up people what jimmy johnson used to say someone asked him after he finds someone for missing practice he said well emmett smith's missed practice and he goes yeah but he's emmett smith what do, what do you want me to do about it Parcells uh, too. Parcells, Parcells with LT. every way, uh, but at Terry Taylor, yeah. you know, Lawrence, yeah, Taylor. Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, he knew he was coked up well, on Sunday. Of course he did. In fact, he probably liked it. You know, it makes him meaner. But I'm serious. Yeah, yeah I, look, it's not like it was a secret. You know, they knew it. Uh, the guy couldn't stay awake in the in the in the meeting. You know, it was like they knew what was going on. Uh, um, look, uh, what's the running back for Cleveland right now? Um, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, Chubb and uh, who's the other guy? Chubb. Nick Chubb? Is that his name? No, no, the other, not Chubb, the other running back. Oh, oh no. God, I can't remember his name now. Uh, he was with the Chiefs and he uh, he got. Oh, Kareem Hunt. Or Kareem, uh, yeah, Hunt, yeah, Hunt. yeah, yeah, Kareem Hunt. But you know, but uh, uh, that's a worse example you could give because he was actually defending himself. That woman came out uh, flailing. He just, pow. He shouldn't have done that. But technically, by law, with the libertarian outlook, he well, I, 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 I'm not I, condoning that people. I would yeah. not have done that. I, I, the, the woman was coming at him. I, 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 she might have been coming at him, but there's an appropriate response, you know. But whatever. Yes, I agree. I um, agree. But, but the point was that everybody was outraged right up until the the Browns needed a running back, and yeah. his his old GM hired him. Right. Uh, same thing with Watson. Everyone's outraged that. Uh, now, again, it doesn't matter whether I think you should be outraged over Watson's behavior. The point is, there is outrage over his behavior. 
So what did the Browns do? Not only did they hire him, they gave him the most money ever for a quarterback and they guaranteed all of it. So it's not even like he suffered at all. It's almost like he profited even more. So that's that's been a pattern in the NFL. And to be fair, it's probably been a pattern in a lot of other sports. It's been the pattern in life. I've seen it in life in general, right? There's two sets of laws, right? Dude, I saw so many SEALs uh, be given a pass for a lot of bad crap. Not that they're bad people. But alcohol has always been a demon in the military. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. Now, yeah. now is Campbell wrong for? Well, see, Campbell's I'm, not wrong. He can say whatever he wants. He can I'm say what he wants, know. and again, he didn't name the sense. player. And and unless you're an insider, you're not going to know who that. I can player guarantee is. you, I'm not an insider, but I could find out. No, I'm saying most people won't, though. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah, you're right. They won't unless they have a, an ideological reason. Yeah. <laughs> On and both sides. Then, and even then you wouldn't be 100% sure because you're assuming he's talking about a tight end. He could be talking about any. Oh, no, no, I don't know who he's talking about. The thing right. is because he was a rotational coach. So right. he was a tight ends coach, but, but, but he also coached other positions too. Uh, 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 I remember reading about it. I, I'm trying to think what... He was tight ends coach, and then with the Dolphins in 2015, he was an, an interim head coach. Right. So it could be, and this, this, he's talking about he stayed there for, from 2011 to 2015 as a paid coach. And uh, so it could be anybody, especially with the fact he was an interim. Right. So the fact that he was still anonymous makes it a little bit better to me. Um, but you're right. There was no reason to say something like, like, like you could, you could have done the same thing by citing people we already know this situation yeah. to be true that were made public like ray rice well ray rice is the one they kicked out but um like emmett smith like lawrence taylor like deshaun watson these are public things and he could have used those as examples if he wanted to bring this to the to the light but i think this was also like he didn't care right it's sort of like well, exactly you know, exactly like, so, you know no you're right see when i look at dan camp i'm like dude are you a joke or are you a head coach now people are gonna chastise me, but that's just the impression I've gotten from him and how he handles something. Yeah. I thought of that from Mike Vrabel early on, but that quickly went away when I saw what he was doing. You know, John, I can tell you this: if in every industry, there's there's certain like no secret secrets where people in the industry know. So I'm sure that when he said the story, there are a lot of players, a lot of agents, a lot of coaches, yeah, they knew exactly what he was talking about. Oh, sure. Dude, some of the things I can tell you about some female reporters I learned when I was covering the NFL. It's like, first of all, and it was depressing to me because, and I, I don't care what people say of it. I'm not, I'm not one of these guys when you get the sailor talk or things talk with, with men. I'm like, going, well, that's wrong. I'm like, it's a losing battle. That's who they are. There's a reason I'm not friends with a lot of people. But, dude, some of the stories, you know, some of these women right. and, and the shacking up of, of players or the rumors that go around and some of the men and, and how they play the, the books in terms of reimbursements and, and how they write the stories. It's, it's, it's not hard to find these things out. You know, it's, it's, it's like, you know, Woodward and uh, Wood, Bob Woodward, who was his, uh, and Bernstein, yeah. you know, they just happen to be the guys that Deep Throat went to. It could have been anybody else, you know? There are people in, in every industry that know a secret. So, John, look, this was a long episode. And I think I think we got into the heart of things. In, in, I don't want to say intellectually, but we tried to get a little bit deeper. And I always tell people, the story out, the outlook or the, 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 the end point game is always easy. In the movie, who, who killed it? Was it the butler or was it the sister-in-law? You know, the, every story we know the ending, and Musk or this court case, but it's fun how we got there because how we got there is what shapes our culture and our ideology and our outlook in life. 
And as most people know, I have a dystopian outlook with the way our, our country's going. But that said, I thought it was a decent show, a little long. Uh, uh, we got a pretty good one next time. We're going to finally dig into CNN+. Plus. You know, we're digging into the Herschel Walker no show. And this is where I get in trouble with the Republican Party. It's why I call myself a conservatarian first or a conservative Latino, because it's not all about the Republicans. And with that, John, I want to let everybody know, do not forget to go to sportsgrumblings.com, share our podcast uh, and, and read our stories. John has a fascinating story, a very good story on libertarianism. And I've got a very long piece in terms of how I went from a liberal to a conservatarian. And uh, it's all good stuff. We're growing and we look forward to seeing you guys next time. Any final words, Big John? Take us away. Away. <laughs>